and welcome to the Tabletop Tonight podcast. I'm your host, Ruel Gaviola, a board game enthusiast, evangelist, and content creator. Tabletop Tonight is recorded live on Twitch. Hi friends, welcome to Tabletop Tonight. I'm Ruel Gaviola and today I'm reviewing the games that I played last month. So this is uh, January 2nd, 2023. I'm recording this live on Twitch with all my friends in Twitch. Um, if you'd like to watch the next one, I do this at the start of each month over on my Twitch channel. So here on YouTube, we edit stuff down, but you know what? I'm going to continue talking to the audience. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, you got to join us live next time. So I played 22 games last month, um, sort of a slower month just because of the holidays and you know i was actually at pax unplugged um at the start of the month thanks to our friends at uh, wise wizard games and board game spotlight and um you know the holidays uh, for me tend to be a little more hectic especially we had some you know plumbing issues in the house that we were finally resolving uh but so it was a lighter month of gaming so we're gonna jump right into it my number 22 game played this month was mantis and i played this at PAX Unplugged, um, our friend Aaron Game Enthuse uh, taught it to us. This was a game I had no expectations. I had never heard of it. I do follow the oatmeal though, so I do love those characters. And this one was a fun little like um, push your luck set collection game. Uh, really, you know, beautiful, you know, cute art, which is you know from the the artist of the oatmeal. Uh, basically, what you're doing is you have this a deck of cards with all the different types of mantis or is it manti or mantis i don't know uh, but uh, what's the plural of mantis drop in the comments let me know what it is uh you're trying to match colors and you're going to start with a few in your hand uh like this and then there's the uh the deck is you know face down but you're going to see there on the deck it's going to give you sort of a hint as what's coming like it's going to be like red blue purple or whatever and of course Thankfully, they have colorblind friendly um, icons there. So if I had a couple of like yellow cards, I want to try to draw a yellow card. If I know that it's there, I can say, okay, I think it's me a yellow card. I flip it over. If it's yellow, then all the yellows in my tableau, I get scored. Or I can go to another player's, like if I don't have any yellows there, maybe I can go match like a red one on them, then you know I can steal it. If I, if I don't, then they get the card. So it's really simple, but surprisingly fun i would totally play this again and you know what just you know i bought a copy that's how good it was they had a special uh i saw it i, I think it might have been bgg or maybe somewhere on twitter or something someone had mentioned hey for one day only exploding kittens the um uh the makers of this game uh is that is that is it, it's a uh, exploding kittens right let me let's go to bgg page yep exploding kittens is the name of the company that built um uh publishes it for one day only, they had it free. It was normally 20 bucks, you just had to pay for shipping. So I got a copy for seven bucks, shipping. Perfectly fine, I I will totally play this again. It's a gateway style game, plays in 10 minutes or less. It's fun, push your luck game. That's why it's on number 22, Mantis. All right, uh, moving right along. Um, let's see, oops, I'm pressing wrong buttons. Moving right along. <laughs> number 21 is Nana. So, or Nana. Nana? Nana. Uh, this is a game that my friend uh, Jin uh, uh, gifted to me. Very kind of him. Uh, Jin got a bunch of games from Korea uh, brought in, and this is one of them. Apparently, I had no idea what this is. He just surprised me. He's like, hey, Ruo, I think you'll like this. And uh, Jin, you were right. I had a lot of fun with this. This is a lighter game. It's basically a gamer's version of the old concentration game the memory game uh, so you, if you see here on the uh, screen you'll see uh, a tableau uh, or i mean a market of cards in the middle those are all face down you have you set up your cards like this uh, and you see the pictures in ascending order it's a random you know one through 11 or whatever you'll have duplicates of some numbers but what you're trying to do is get three sets. So a set is any three numbers of the same. So for example, number one, if I had three number one, boom, I have a set of ones. You're trying to be the first to get three sets of any number, but here's the thing. You set your numbers in ascending order in your hand. You don't show anyone. You can only play your highest or lowest card uh, per turn. And you can either ask someone to do that or you can do it yourself. So I can say, I'm going to play the, my lowest number one, right, out of my hand. Then I can say, hey, Michelle, what's uh, you play the lowest card out of your hand. If it's a number one, I get it. And then if I can go to the market in the middle, I can flip over a card. If that's number one, then I've collected that set. 
if it doesn't match, everything goes back to the owner. So the market stays, goes back face down. Uh, Michelle gets her number one back or whatever, and then I get my number one back. And then you just keep going and until someone's got three set three sets the the concentration part in the middle is interesting because those get flipped back down so you have to remember where things are which knowing my memory if you know my memory uh it's it's not that great but it's a really neat twist where if you can get the number seven like the actual number seven the set of three number sevens you just automatically win and then there's another cool part if you can get two sets that equal seven you also win. So if I had a set of 10s and a set of 3s, 10 minus 3 is 7, I win. Or if I had a set of 5s um, uh, and a set of 2s, 5 plus 2 is 7, I win. Really interesting game. Um, it, apparently it's all the rage in Japan right now. This is the Korean edition, but um, it's sort of got that micro game, not micro game, but smaller uh, card game feel to it. I, I really enjoy it. Um, yeah, we have, uh, Nicole, hi Nicole. Uh, Nicole says, um, again, here we're recording this live in on Twitch, folks. If you're watching us on YouTube, join us on Twitch some, um, every month where I do this and uh, you can participate. Uh, Nicole says, sounds perfect for game schooling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this one would be great for game schooling. You know, um, I volunteer at a high school, local high school, uh, once a month and do a game day. This, this game is on my, in my bag for the next game day that I'm going to host. Cause I think this will play perfect for, uh, younger, younger gamers or gamers who are new to the, uh, the hobby. So that's my number 21, Nana. Um, I don't know why it's called Nana. I don't know if it's a, a translation thing. It just, I think Nana, I think like grandma, you know, um, but yeah, it has nothing to do with grandmas. It's just a number game. So a lot of fun, a uh, very light, uh, you know, light uh, card game with that whole concentration or memory element to it. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Where is my number 20 is the game Quick and Easy. Have you all played the game uh, before? The game is, uh, let me see, is this it? No, that's not it. Uh, now I've lost, there it is. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> Oh, look, look, I'm showing all the stuff that's supposed to be coming out. Okay, I'm just gonna do it right now live. Uh, the game, quick and easy. Boom. If you played the game, uh, you played the game quick and easy. Uh, the quick and easy just takes out, so in the game, it's like numbers one through 100. It's a cooperative game. You're trying to go up from one to 100 and then back down 100 to one different piles. This strips it down to the numbers one through 10. Super fast version of the game. I prefer, I, I just prefer it. It's faster to set up. It's just as fun as the game. And it's just, it's way, way fewer cards and it's just as difficult. It is not easy. I played this at PAX uh, Unplugged with, I believe Razor, did we play it together? And uh, Linnaeus Cabal and um, I, I forget who else, oh my gosh. But had a great time. I was very impressed by this actually. I. I like the game. I actually like the mind. I, I like. I, I've liked um, the mind a lot. The game a little less, but I think I like the game uh, quick and easy even better than it. Not not quite there as the mind. The mind I think is just so unique. Um, but yeah, I really like it. Oh, speaking of, uh, we were just talking about Nana uh, Heroic Logic here in chat. I just learned something. Nana is seven in Japanese. So there it is. Uh, we were talking about Nana. That's why I was called that. Thank you, friend. I appreciate that. So we have learned. Um, yeah, so we did play a three-player a three player game. Loved it. I think we played it a couple of times, actually. So quick and easy. And if you like the game, I would recommend the game quick and easy. All right. Uh, let's move on to our number 19 game. It is Diamond Second Edition. This is a game that I've played before, and I'm going to show you here on screen. Uh, this is an old school. We did this a couple of years ago, Michelle, Lauren, and I. Uh, this is a trick-taking game. One of my favorites, actually, and I played this at PAX U. Uh, this is an older video, but you have um, it's standard trick-taking. The numbers are 1 through 15 for four different suits. But what's really neat, every time you play a suit, um, whoever wins a trick, the, that suit triggers an ability. Uh, so you're trying to get these little diamonds, actual like little physical diamonds uh, into your vault. So the vault is like this little cardboard, you know, shield. You have them in front, that's called the showroom. Uh, so some uh, abilities, some suits will tell you, put a one from the general supply in front of your showroom. Another one, I think it's the clubs, you take the are clubs you can steal from someone's showroom. Uh, the diamonds, you just get a diamond straight into your showroom. And finally, the hearts. I know the hearts give you one. And then, what, oh, it's the spade. The spade, I think you dig and you place it behind your um, uh, shield. So 
basically anything that goes into your vault or behind the shield it's worth two points anything outside of it just one point so you're really trying to get them in the vault and it's just through standard trick taking you know the highest the diamonds are um uh the no not the trump but yeah they're, they're like i think they're the trump suit i forget but What's neat is at the end of each round, whoever has the most of each suit, they once again trigger the suit's ability. So if I have the most diamonds, I just straight take a diamond. If I have the most clubs, then I can, you know, club some over the head and take one of their diamonds from their showroom if they have any. Wonderful trick-taking game by Mike Fitzgerald. Uh, he's done a bunch of trick-taking games, or no, a few trick-taking games, I think. This one, and then, well, I just know Mike Fitzgerald from one of my all-time favorite deck-building games, Baseball Highlights 2445. So, that is uh, Diamonds, my number 19. And uh, let me take a quick sip. Uh, ben asks, do you know what the difference is? Uh, oh, between the editions, no. Uh, so, in the video here, if you're watching folks, uh, this is the first edition that we had. I don't know the difference. I, I played the second edition um, at PAX U. I honestly could not tell the difference. I don't know if it was just, um, I know the card, maybe the card designs, I, I totally forgot. Um, but yeah. Oh, Nybar, yeah, th there it is. Mike Fitzgerald, also known for the Mystery Rummy series, which I haven't played yet. I need to play those games. Those are great. Um, okay. Let's move on. I want to say hi to uh, R.A. Matney. Thank you, friend. Happy New Year. Good to see you. We're reviewing my 22 games that I played in December. We're on number 19. We're moving right along to 18. It is Cat in the Box, the Deluxe Edition. Now, this one, uh, here's uh, Monique and Naveen from Before You Play there. Um, explain it there. This one, I feel like it's going to really shoot up the rankings for me. Um, I've played two games, and both games... Uh, the first game I played wrong at uh, Gen Con. I had a couple of rules wrong. The second time though, at PAX U, played it and I was like, oh, this is really good. And what I like is the the fact that it's a trick-taking game with no suits. Like you have to determine the suits of the cards. I think it's so interesting. And then there's like, at the end of the round, there's this like spatial puzzle where if you can connect it, you're gonna get points based on that. It's so, so good. Um, it was all the rage at Gen Con, totally sold out. Um, was, I saw a bunch of people playing at PAX U as well. Um, I think the reason why it hasn't really shot right up to the rankings for me, I'm still getting my head wrapped around it and I think it's going to, it probably won't make it that high only because I really, it, it's a tough game to bring to newcomers. Like trick takings, I think it's a challenge as it is to explain to new gamers. And um, I like to play a lot of games with new gamers. That, that's my jam. And I think this one would stay, I would stay away from that for new gamers. But gamers like yourselves who are watching this, highly recommend cat in the box um it's gonna get a bunch i think it's gonna get some awards um you know at you know starting when the award season coming around next year because it is really fun it's such an interesting take on trick taking and uh that's why it's getting all the acclaim and that's why it's my number 18 uh playing december um i want to say hi to slivers hello welcome and ben yeah i need to play some mystery rummy as well uh brad board gaming says he picked this up at pax huge tricking game oh yeah if you're a huge trick-taking game fan, folks, highly, highly recommend, and um, it, it's good, it's good. All right, so let's uh, move on. Yeah, like, Norfolk, yeah, no suits. Birthday suits, I don't know. <laughs> let's move on to my number 17 from played last month. The Castles of Burgundy, the dice game. Um, here's Rado's video playing it. This is Castle of Burgundy, the rolling right. Play this with Linnaeus and I, I think uh, also uh, Razor at PAX Unplugged. I forgot how much I like this game. I mean, I love Castles of Burgundy. Are y'all like me? Are you all excited about the big deluxe version that we totally overpaid for, but it's gonna be totally worth it? Um, if you are, the roll and write game is, is fantastic. It's a quick version. It really gives you the feel of Burgundy without all the big setup of without a much shorter time. And it's just neat to, I always love chucking dice uh, in different ways. And this is a, a different uh, way to do Burgundy. I mean, Burgundy is a dice game, of course, uh, with tile lane. Um, but this one I prefer over the card game. I like the card game, but you know, a lot of people always talk about the card game. Like that card game takes way more room than the actual board game. And like that point, you might as well just play the board game, right? Um, but the dice game, it's very compact, very quick. Uh, it's a Euro style, Euro roll right. Love it. Um, Legends says, maybe one day I'll play Legends. Next time we meet up, we need to play it. It's a, 
I love it at two players, folks. If you haven't, if you don't follow me on um, the socials or find me on Board Game Arena at Ruel Gaviola, I play games all the time there now. So um, I'd love. To, I always have a game of Castle of Burgundy and Lost Cities going. Those are two of my favorites to play on BG. I would love to play. I, I prefer Castle of Burgundy at two. Uh, likewise, well, I, I played um, the dice game at four players. It, it's you're pretty much just doing your own thing, so you can play it. Um, without adding too much time to it. So I, I really do um, uh, do enjoy it. So I recommend it. And you know, I don't know if I'd recommend it just as a roll and write per se. You know, there's there's better roll and writes, but I just think as a fan of Castle Burgundy, you have to have this in your collection. I, if you want that, that feel of Castle Burgundy in like 30, 20, 30 minutes, and you just don't have the space or time to set up, get the dice game, folks. All right. Uh, moving right along to my number 16 from December. Uh, again, I played 22 games last month. Uh, number 16 is Circus Flow Cotti. Now, this is the one. Oh, here's another customer. Why did I have that? Okay. Uh, these are the our friends over there at Board Game Geek uh, Game Night playing it. This is an older Reiner Knizia game. It's out of print here in the U.S. I was talking about my buddy Jin earlier. Not only did he give me Nana, but he also uh, gifted me Circus Flow Cotti, uh, a push-your-luck set collection game by the master, the good doctor, Reiner Knizia. You're just flipping cards over, sort of like that game Push, if you ever played that Push Your Luck game. But once you get, um, man, what I've played this a couple times and I'm already, my mind's blanking. You're trying to get collect sets of the different, they're like fleas, right? And then if you can get similar sets, you're, you're building those sets. And then if you have an entire set of all the different colors or numbers, or no colors, uh, then you, I think, I forget what it's called. Is it like the Grand Circus or something? And you get points for that. So you get points per set. And then the cards that are left over in your hand, this is interesting. The cards that are left over in your hand, if you have like, say a four, five, six of like red, you're gonna score the highest one, number six. So it's very Reiner Kenizzi, right? You can have the same, but you're only gonna score one of those sets. So that adds to the scores. Really cool game. I'm, you know, I, oh, no, here's the thing. I was talking about this game and someone from 25th Century Games dropped in and gave a big hint that I can't say it officially, but according to the hint from the people at 25th Century Games, they're gonna be uh, reprinting the, a, a new co or a new edition of this. And I'm a huge fan of 25th Century Games, just like I am of Reiner Knizia. You get those two together, I'm all for it. So Circus Flocati, folks, I need to play this more, but it is, it is already ranked number 16 because I love Knizia. Again, the rule book's like, you know, two pages long and you play it in like 10, 15 minutes. So it's really easy to get the table. Um, really great um, push your luck. Game. Okay, I'm gonna hydrate real quick. And we're gonna move on to my number 15 played game in last month is Star Realms. I played a bunch of Star Realms because, and oh, this is actually Michelle and myself. Um, Michelle and I playing Star Realms, the Rise of Empire Kickstarter that they just uh, completed last uh, late last year. Um, it is a campaign game, very cool legacy game. We, I, I like this more than Michelle. I'm a we're we're both Star Realms fans, but I'm a huge Star Realms fan. I'm I always have like three or four games going on my uh, the app on the phone uh, with friends, or I'll play the AI or whatever. Um, but I PAX Unplugged. Uh, you know, I was very fortunate. Wise Wizard Games brought me out there. I got to you know hang out. They and they had me you know as a guest, and but I got to play Cir uh, Star Realms with a bunch of people. Was, you know, I played with Linus, played with Suffering Razor. I played with all kinds of people. Um, you know. Um, play with giggles and uh, deadpan and oh it was great to see all y'all at pack some plug and get to play one of my favorite deck building games was a real treat uh this is a really quick uh, deck building game 1v1 you can play more players but honestly it's a 1v1 game but um i you know the thing i like about this most it reminds me a little bit of um, Dominion, where you have that time in the that point in the game where Dominion, you're like, okay, when do I go from just trying to get money to buy new cards to flipping it over to just going for victory points, right? And this has a similar thing, but it's just everything is quicker and it's got that um, instead of a static like base of cards to buy from, this is constantly changing, right? The market fluctuates and you have certain cards that come in. Yes, it may be a little more luck based, but you know, depending on what's drawn, I, I'm okay with it because it's a 20 minute game. Uh, but I, I do love that, you know, when do you start getting rid of your money cards or tra trying to trash cards and going for like the kill, uh, which is usually with the blobs, right? The blobs are the, the green ones or have the uh, the most uh, combat, but 
I love it. I will always, always um, have the copy of this game in my collection. It's it's an uh, evergreen for me. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, as Ben says, uh, th this is one of those games that is really easy to, you know, keep in your backpack or your quiver. Um, but yeah, back in cons, it's just an easy one to get to the table. And um, yeah, I totally, totally do the same thing, Ben. All right, let's move on to my number 14 for December. It is Dice Miner. I got to play this at PAX U. A lot of my games were oh, gameplays with PAX U. Um, I got to play it uh, with the Sovereignty crowd. I want to thank Danny for um, you know hosting the event for me and having me be the guest there where I got to play Dice Miner and teach it to a, a bunch of people, including uh, one of our regular viewers here, Brian. Such a great dra uh, dice drafting game. Um, set collection, dice drafting, really, I mean, I love it. I really enjoy it. So I've played it at all player counts. I enjoy it. I've also played it on Sovereignty, their their app. It's um, really a really good, a nice implementation of the game. But you know what? I love playing it at two players and here's why. By the time you get to the third round, right? There's three rounds, you're just drafting. Each set of dice does something differently. Like some allow you to reroll others. Others, um, it's just straight points. Others, um, the uh, like the white dice, the numbered dice, uh, numbered dice you're trying to get in a consecutive order. But, excuse me, then you have the green dice and stuff. What I love about this game at two players, by the end of the uh, third, uh, by the third round, you've got like this mound of dice you're chucking in. It always in two players, it takes me two hands to hold them all. It's so much fun to roll that many dice, folks. Um, and it's like a 20 minute game, really easy to understand, but it's Michelle and I, we just, we fell in the love of this game. Thanks to our friend Slivers in chat. He gifted us a copy and it's one of our most played games in the recent years. We love it so much. Um, thank you again, Slivers. Uh, that's my number 14 for December. And um, let's move on to number 13. Why is this button not working? There it is, Baron Park. Another one I played at PAX U uh, with friends. And I mean, what, what else? Can we all say it together? Baron Park from Phil Walker Harding. Praise be um, a, a masterpiece. Uh, Michelle and I here, we're actually playing, uh, this one was uh, a couple of years ago, we played the uh, the Bad News Bears um, expansion, which I always thought was such a funny name for it. Like Baron Park, Bad News Bears. Like I just, I immediately think about that, you know, old movie with the uh, kids playing baseball. But anyways, the, the base game is perfectly fine. I think it's wonderful, but I love the expansion as well because you're building up. It's got a few more things you need to take um, worry about, but at its heart, it's a tile laying game. You, you know, take one action to lay a tile or take an action to, you know, take a tile. Um, you're trying to fill up your little boards as you expand your bear park. And once you fill up every square except for one, you get the bonus points from the little bear statues. It's so adorable and it's so good for a tile laying game that takes 30 minutes at most. Um, you know, and that's why we love Phil Walker Harding's designs. It's just clean, elegant, streamlined, uh, very easy to get to the table. And it's the, the games are, you know, like Sushi Go, uh, stuff like Planted, uh, this one, Baron Park, and others, uh, Gizmos. Really, you know, easy to get to the table. Uh, because the rules um, don't take too long to uh, grasp. And they're, they're, I mean, it's not too difficult to grasp and they don't take too long to read. But with new gamers or casual gamers, get to the table, it's easy. And hardcore gamers like, you know, ourselves, we, we tend to like them because they give us just enough uh, above like just, you know, um, a gateway game. Always like Gateway Plus. I, I love Baron Park, one of my all-time uh, favorite um, fouling games. All right. Moving right along, let's go on to our number 12. It is Sprawlopolis. I, here's the solo challenge that we did. Folks, if you're not part of the Discord, please join the Discord. You'll see the links below in this YouTube video. If you're watching this live uh, with our friends on in chat, uh, at, on Twitch, you can see the link right there in chat. Our Discord channel, thanks to our friends Legends and uh, James, they ho we host a um, semi, like bi-weekly-ish uh, solo challenge. Sprawlopolis was one of them. It's one of my favorite solo games because it's 18 cards. Um, it's tile, tile or card lane, but you can like lay cards over each other, trying to get, you know, connect the different districts in your neighborhood. Um, together, depending on scorecards, um, the scoring conditions, which is so brilliant. I love this design, 18 cards with the different terrains, you flip them over, each one has a different scoring condition. So at the start of each game, you just randomly, you know, choose three, that's what you're scoring. And then you put your, you know, you play, you play one card at a time. Um, 
I, I played this I played this at Pax U last month as a I think a three player game, which was great. But I really enjoy this as solo. It's such it's like the perfect um, uh, type of solo type of game. Um, so not only do you have the three scoring conditions, but you have the standard like objectives of trying to get uh, you score the most of each neighborhood, like all the greens or all the parks. Um, if you have like, you know, your biggest area, you can score one point per. Uh, the blues, I think, I don't know if they're industry or whatever, you'll score that. So there's four different colors. So you'll always score those each game. But then the scoring conditions, as you see here in the video, uh, they're going to give you different conditions as well. It, it's a brilliant design. Button Shy Games, those are the wallet size games. They're, they're all awesome. Uh, this is probably my favorite, though. Uh, that is number 12. Um, Sprawlopolis. Okay, uh, let's move on to my number 11 for the month. Fantasy Realms. Folks, this is fun. So here's Rado's video of, uh, he's looking over Fantasy Realms. This is funny. I've never played Fantasy Realms until Pax U. I've always wanted to play it. I just never had an opportunity. I really like Red Rising, the, the sort of like the remix or the remake, um, the next evolution of Fantasy Realms where Jamie Stegmaier took that and put it in the Red Rising, you know, the, the whole series of books and uh inspired by it and he took that system and added a board and a bunch of other stuff i think i like fantasy realms more it is so streamlined and quick but it's got a lot going on for just a simple card game uh, because you're playing cards and the ones in your hand there's different scoring conditions so you're trying to match some of these up but you're putting some on a tableau and eventually when i think there's 10 out the game just ends so you can sort of you know it's got sort of like that lost cities thing where you're trying to if you want to extend the game you're you know you play a certain card or i think you draw from a deck instead of like drawing from the the mill or otherwise or uh, vice versa oh and some of these are so good because do you push your luck and try to get the perfect match to what you have in your hand or do you sort of give that up and try to get work on something else so you know cards are all different values so good i want to shout out it omar hernandez our friend um he's in discord and he's a, a regular viewer he taught the game perfectly i had a lot of fun with it and i just knew after that first game this is an insta favorite for me and um i may or may not have ordered a copy uh <laughs> right afterwards it, it's so good and, um if you if you haven't played it before i highly recommend getting the app uh they do have score sheets but there's a lot of math at the end they're, they're, you know because there's a bunch of different combos but the app per does it perfectly you just enter the card and it shows you uh does all the uh the the um math for you which i personally need so that is fantasy realms hey perfect ending for the video let's move on to the top 10 here we go folks we're getting to the top 10 that i played last month i'm gonna hydrate real quick if you're watching us on youtube happy new year and if you're watching live we're moving right on to number 10 sushi go party golf we we're just talking about sovereignty. Uh, Danny had me uh, there for not only Dice Miner, but we also did a Sushi Go Party golf uh, game. It was like a tournament uh, with a bunch of other content creators. A lot of fun, but I was blown away by how good this was. It's Sushi Go Party golf, golf style. So Sushi Go Party, we all know classic set collection by Phil Walker Harding. Praise be, um, where you, you play a card and then you're gonna uh, collect sets uh, like different sushis. They're all scored differently. Um, but here's the thing in golf, you're trying to get the lowest score possible. So it's a way, it just feels like a way more interactive game because you're trying to keep stuff that won't score you as many points as someone else. So you're giving away. Oh, I really like this. And you know, I talked to Grant Lyon and, um, I think Danny Stranding, we were just talking afterwards. I like, we feel like we may just have to play Sushi Go like golf style from now on. It's such a fun variant. And I think if you go to, I don't know if Sovereignty has the rules up on BGG or someone has, you can find the rules there. I mean, they're really it's basically Sushi Go party, but you just play for the lowest score possible. It's not that difficult, but it totally changes the game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, when you saw it there, we played it on the Sovereignty app. Um, really cool implementation. I you know talked about that in Dice Miner as well. So good. Highly recommend. Give it a shot, folks. If you like Sushi Go or Sushi Go Party, give it a shot with this uh, variant. Uh, play it for the low score. I I cannot recommend it highly enough. Okay, moving right along. Number nine, Fork. This is a brand new game. This is going to be out next uh, or later this month on Kickstarter. I got a special preview. Actually, a bunch of us did at PAX Unplugged. Uh, designer Tate Wu. He is also a Southern California guy. Um, good 
Good, good guy. Great designer. He designs a lot of games. This is his new one's coming. It's a trick-taking game. It's for our uh, fox, owl, rabbit, kale. So that's the hierarchy. So foxes can eat owls, owls can eat rabbits, rabbits can eat kale. So what you're doing is trick-taking, but it's a little set collection as well. So as you play cards, you're trying to guess what cards people are playing because you you know you play it like a fox face uh, you know um face down you play your cards face down but if you play a kale you're gonna play it face up so then you reveal at the same time then foxes eat owls owls eat rabbits if the kale remains somehow everyone else ate each other and you have a kale remaining you take that in your hand and it's a different type of scoring you score based on how many kales you have and then the foxes owls and rabbits whoever wins those tricks they have uh different um point values i think it's a race to 15 points i may uh, don't quote me on that because i played uh played at four players and also two players fun story i actually on the way home from pax unplugged i ended up sitting next to or across the aisle from tate Wu. we didn't even know it was each other until about 20 minutes into the flight i think i stood up or something to go to the restroom or he did and it was like oh tate ruel oh hi so we ended up talking you know most of the flight it was really it was a, such a nice treat and then in our layover at um phoenix we ended up you know playing he taught me or re-taught me fork i'd played at pax U, then we he taught me the two-player variant works perfect i'm excited for this one he his games keep getting better and better folks if you have never played promenade which is now art deco highly recommend that uh this is a, a wonderful trick taking game again i don't know um i wouldn't i don't know if it'd be it's not as complex as like cat in the box but i can tell you this this is going to get into more players hands um because it's the i mean the theme is super cute like all his games are but i think the rules are just so well done and just really clear easy to understand and you play it in like 15 minutes great great game look for that on um kickstarter next month folks okay let's move on we've got a number eight don't get got. This was my uh, family game that we played at uh, during Christmas Eve. So my family, we always get together Christmas Eve, and this is one that I knew would be a big hit. This is like a meta game. This is a game that you play while you're doing other activities. Uh, basically, everyone has a don't get got wallet, and oh, this one's actually in a different language. Is that um, uh, that might be Espanol, I believe. I don't know. Uh, let's. Uh, there's got to be videos. Let, let's see if they got some videos here. I just pulled up the BGG page. Uh, there's video. Oh, hey, there's our friends uh, Monique and Naveen again. Uh, they're playing in. Were they playing in? Uh, I don't know where they were playing. Okay. But uh, they're talking, oh, Essen. That's where they were playing, in the Essen Spiel. So basically everyone's got a little don't get got wallet. You have secret missions. You're trying to get, uh, I think you get five or six missions, but you're trying to complete three. And they're so silly and they're so much fun. I, it was such a big hit with my family. I knew it would be, I'm, I'm so glad I brought it. So missions are like, hey, try to get someone to, you know, say the same word three times in a row or you know just really random things like my sister-in-law or my my niece got my sister-in-law good like hey you know uh get someone to hug you so you know my sister-in-law is like oh my my daughter's you know wants a hug you know so much love and then my niece is like you got got and she showed it so she gets you know one point out of the three that she's supposed to get then my sister-in-law got her back uh, she said it was like her mission was try to get someone to uh, call you on your cell phone or whatever or text you or something <laughs> so you know my sister-in-law got my niece to do it and she came running our room you got got oh it's the best it's such a good feeling my my nephew ended up winning um he he got he got me twice actually and with his little mission so really fun party game it's the perfect convention game like you can see monique and Naveen played in essen it is like the perfect convention game because you know all the convention you got a bunch of people you're playing games you could have this going on at any time it's just you just have in your pocket and you're trying to do these little missions and you're trying to trick people love it so much i played with my buddy daryl uh, on his birthday a couple of years ago we had a great time highly recommend one of my all-time favorite party games that's number eight don't get got okay moving right along to number seven we talked about this a little bit uh during the um uh earlier part of the uh the live stream here uh on twitch but youtube folks you don't get to see that you have to watch it live but anyways we're talking about boop and that's how i like to say it. boop uh an abstract game with the cutest theme ever your kitty cats uh kitties and cats jumping on a bed anytime you place one of your kitties or cats on the bed adjacent uh kitties or cats 
even your own or your opponent's two-player game, they boop, they jump one space over. So either diagonally, orthogonally, whatever. Now, the kitties, if you get three kitties in a row, they graduate to cats. And that's what you want because you get, if you put three kitties in a row, you take those out of the game, you add three cats to your supply. If you can get three cats in a row, you win. That's it, that's the game. It's tic-tac-toe on steroids, or it's tic-tac-toe the next level for gamers. It's so good. Michelle and I very, very impressed with this. We, we're, you know, I'd seen a preview of it at Gen Con, and then at PAX Unplugged, it was all the rage. It totally sold out. Uh, thankfully, you know, thanks, I got, I, you know, got a copy, and it was love at first play. Um, this is very easy to understand. It's going to be a big hit when they, I think they're sold out right now. They're going to get new copies in the next month or two, but it's going to be a big hit because it's very easy to get to the table. I, I've, I've talked about this a few times during this list, how easy it is to get games that don't have a ton of rules, rules overhead, uh, you know, that you got to worry about. This is one of them plays so smoothly, so quickly. And, um, love it. It's, it's super, super cute. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to take another sip. Oh, by the way, folks, if you're watching this on YouTube, you know what's cool about doing a live stream? We get people like Nicole Brady, who is, uh, whose uh, husband, Scott, was the one that designed the game, yeah. So we've got uh, someone in chat right now uh, confirming that they sold out the entire run in two and a half weeks. That's how fired up people were about this game, and I am excited that I have my copy. Folks, be sure to check it out. It's it's wonderful, and um, that's why it's my number seven for December. All right, and hi, Jen Cam uh, plays games. Good to see you here. Um, I'm gonna move on to my number six, Ducks in Tow. Did I say number six? I meant number six. Uh, number six, Ducks in Tow. Where is it? I don't have it uh, here, so I'm gonna search for it right now. YouTube, Ducks in Tow. Um, this was a uh, sponsored preview that I did with uh, Stephanie over at First Fish Games. This game, talk about, okay, so we just talked about, boop, how cute it was and how, you know, it just abstract cute, but a lot better, or a lot deeper than you think. This game, same way, same thing. I I liked Ducks until I, my brain was hurting by the end. It was so much more crunchy than I thought. I loved the spatial element to it, trying to line up all your ducks in, a in tow in a row. But then the expansion, the bugs, the slugs and bugs, it took it to the next level, folks. We're like, we're, you got extra uh, asymmetric abilities of not only for yourself, but on the ducks that you uh, bring in. Um, it's super, again, the, the theme is adorable. You are just walking around, ducks you're feeding the ducks they follow you around and as you can see the little uh, piece you have your a little meeple and you add you literally add the ducks to your you know little um carriage or whatever and you're walking around and then it's pick up and delivery but with set collection wonderful game uh this uh, just funded at the last minute on kickstarter i'm so glad i'm so happy for first fish because this game deserves to be played by more players um don't let the cute theme fool you and it's got art by andrew bosley one of those uh artists that just their art i mean stuff like uh what is it um tapestry everdale oh my gosh his art is gorgeous and don't get fooled by this one this is a lot crunchier than i think and that's why it's my number six for the month ducks and toe all right coming on down to the top five folks good stuff thank you for joining me today number five hickory dickory this is another paid uh preview that i did now i soloed this game and here's the thing i like the solo game I thought it was well done. I didn't love it, but here's the reason why I ranked it so high. Uh, again, full disclosure, this was a paid preview, but here's the thing. This game is gonna rock, like rock around the clock, get it? Um, it's gonna rock multiplayer because I really love this uh, worker placement mechanism. You literally put your little cute little mice workers on the uh, minute hand and it's gonna move over and you could knock over other workers and you can jump back on the uh, minute hand. It's literally got this thing about timing, right? Um, the the theme, again, I, I play, there's a lot of adorable themes, you know, cute themes I play this month, but this one really, uh, worker placement game and you're trying to you know collect the different um, sets that you're trying to it's like a scavenger hunt for the uh, the owl I forgot the owls or the cuckoo uh, guy or whatever but as you do that 
you've got the spatial element as well. So you can see in the left corner there can hopefully, yeah, you can't see it on your player board. The things that you collect go on that board. If you can get them lined up in columns and rows, you're gonna get even more points. Uh, there's ways to score, uh, you know, during the game, it's like this nice little like slow, at least in the solo game, nice little slow buildup where you're trying to, you know, get your workers out. Uh, you have three workers, but you can unlock a fourth. Uh, each one has a different carrying capacity. So, you know, excuse me. Some of them can only carry like two items. Other, the, the big guy, he can uh, carry, I think, five items. So you're trying to collect these items in a row and you're going to be blocking other workers. But here's the thing. You can also go up the cuckoo clock. Uh, it's a race to get more points based on, as you see, I'm pointing there. Uh, you get that going up there, you're gonna get more points. If your first one there, you get the most points, like nine. The second one's gonna get seven and so forth. And then you have wild tiles that can play. Oh gosh, this was so good for Plat Hat Games, folks. I wanna play this multiplayer. I only played it solo a couple of times. That's how I did my live stream. Um, I was gonna play it with Michelle recently, but unfortunately we, I mean, it's funny, it's a clock, but we just didn't have time to play it this one day. But the components, top-notch, highly recommend. This is Hickory Dickory from Plat Hat Games. Okay, uh, moving right along is number four. Boom, Dog Park. Now, this is a lighter game than Hickory Dickory, but you know what? I had to include this. Here's the Rattle run-through that Michelle and I did. Come on, folks, it's all about theme. Doggos, then they have a pug. You had me at pug, folks. Um, it's a game of uh, <laughs> collecting uh, dogs. So you're, you're a dog walker. You're competing against other dog walkers. Uh, taking, you're, you're doing this cool thing about with bidding where you're gonna bid your victory points to get bring dogs into your kennel. And then eventually you take them on a walk and you try to collect you know uh, different uh, resources to allow you to get more dogs. Um, and then the different dogs that you collect in your kennel depending on the, it's variable setup, depending on which ones are the highest like uh, value breed, you're gonna get victory points on that. We, we enjoyed this game so much. Um, I would call it a gateway plus game. So if you're looking for a heavier game, Hickory Dickory is the one for you, but we're dog people and they had us at Pug. Come on, they had a Pug. And here's the thing, the uh, first edition game, the Pug was a black Pug, which we love, you know, we love um, all Pugs, but then they included in the first edition uh, variants for four different cards. It was like, I think it was like, um, uh, I don't know if it was a Great Dane or something. So anyways, they had variant art cards. One of them was a pug. So the pug that they put the variant was a fawn. It looked like our pugs, Mookie and Meeple. So of course they won us over that. But folks, it, it is a solid, rock solid game. I really love this one. Um, Get, you bid the you bid on the dogs, get them in your kennels, take them for a walk, and you're gonna walk along and um, four rounds. It's it's wonderful. So I highly recommend this. I, I mean, I recommend uh, a bunch of these things, but this one, if you're a dog person, I feel like if you're a dog person, you it's it's a must have. All right, going to our top three friends and hi Timer Lord, thanks for joining us. Um, top three games that I played last month. Number three, Empires, and I love John D. Clare games straight up. The just Mystic Veil, um, Space Base, Kubitos, Dead Reckoning. I mean, the list goes on, folks. This is the latest and greatest. Uh, this was uh, funded at the end of last year uh, uh, through Brotherwise Games. So he's gone away from, I mean, I th I'm, I'm sure he still works with AEG, but that's where I know most of his games from. This one's from Brotherwise, who, uh, who've done wonderful games like Overboss and, um, you know, that whole line of um, um, boss monster and stuff like that. This, the way I explain this, and I think this is an apt description, it's like space base where you have this tableau of like these space base size cards, but it's got no thanks into it. So sort of like a reverse auction. If you don't want a card, you put a chip there and it keeps going around until there's a point where like, okay, I got to take that card and, but you're going to get chips and that those, those resources allow you to, you know, buy other things uh, later, but Here's the thing, this is about the end of an empire. You, we, you each have your empires, so you're gonna be destroying parts of them and you're gonna flip them over. And so you're trying to keep you know, your empire alive and going because some of them, as you, you know, improve them, they're going to give you more resources or let you do things in later rounds. It, it's a snappy game. Um, you, you see the, the board there at the top, that's just gonna tell you which era you're in. So you go through a bunch of different eras. It plays so quickly. Uh, I think it's a wonderful design. I got to see it early uh, earlier last year at Dice Tower West. 
And I was like, ooh, you've got John DeClaire. And I was talking to Johnny from um, Brother Wise Games. I said, wait, you've got John DeClaire and Quan Chai Moria working together? Artist and designer? Like, that's a winning combo, folks. I was like, yeah, tell me all about it. And sure enough, we did the, again, full disclosures, paid preview. Uh, Michelle, Daryl, and I played it, loved it. Um, it's... It's gonna be. It's one another hit for John DeClaire. What can I say? I love his games, and um, I think you would too. So that's my number three last month. Empires end. All right. Top two, folks. This is it. This is it. Number two, Splendor Duel. No surprise here. Um, so we just played this the other day uh, for um, Tabletop Live Network. Michelle, oh, there's Mookie sleeping right there. Look at. Oh, he's he was sleeping while we were playing. Look at that. Splendor Duel takes everything you love about Splendor and ramps it up for the two-player experience. We still like base game Duel, uh, Splendor. Wonderful game. Um, engine building, it's a lot of people's. It was my introduction to engine building, but boy, Splendor Duel. Bruno Cathala took Mark Andre's design just like he did with um, when he redesigned or designed Seven Wonders Duel with Antoine Baza. He's made the game better just in every aspect uh, of, of the gameplay. You now have three win conditions. You can win by 20 points rather than 15 points uh, in the base game. But there's also crowns on certain cards. You get 10 crowns, you win. And then there's a special way to win as well, a third way, which I don't think I've won yet, but I, maybe I have. I've won with crowns, I've won with 20 points. No, I don't think I've won with a third way, which is color. So if you have, you know, you have the different gem colors, if you get 10 points in one color, win so there's three different ways to win great way to do it but here's the thing the gems rather than just picking whatever gems you want like in um, og splendor you have this board this board of gems that are randomly placed there and you can take three in a row um or you can take one gold in reserve card just like in normal splendor uh, so you're going to be taking chips off and gems off and then when you use them to buy cards You're going to put those in a bag and at some point one of you you or your opponent is going to have to say hey I need to replenish it's a free action, but you give your opponent a uh, Privilege token the privilege token later allows you to just spend a privilege token as a free action And you can just could take you can just take one token off the board for free except a gold one That's that's not allowed, but Friends, I love Splinter Duel. It's one of my favorite games of 2022. Michelle loved it too. We played it plenty of times. And it's funny because when we did Tabletop Live Network the other day, we hadn't played it for like a month or so but since we had gotten back from uh, the Airbnb. And we're like, had to do a rules refresh, you know? And then it's like, oh man, this is why we love this game so much. It's, it's gonna be a mainstay. And actually we still, I'm gonna keep uh, Splendor because I think that's a better introduction to, uh, to new players. But once they've played it, if they really like it, then I'm saying, okay, now I'm gonna blow your mind. We're gonna play Splinter Duel because it's even better. Uh, it's my number two game from December. It's awesome. And you know what's awesome? My number one game. But this was a surprise uh, to me. It's a game that I've always wanted to play and I'm so glad I got to uh, get a copy of it. I bought it during the sale at Hollenspiel. It is Heading Forward uh, by John Dubois. Hollenspiel, folks, Dorado, you know, I've done this for the Rado channel. This is the Rado run through. And the way Richard talked about it later, you know, he had described as like, hey, if a game could be a, a work of art, this may be it, the, these type of games. And I, I, I didn't say that in my final thoughts, but the more I thought about it, you know, that's a good point. You know, when, when do you just, when do you find, where's that fine line between just a game per se and a work of art? Because this is really close to, for me because what you're doing in Heading Forward, you are recovering from a traumatic brain injury. <clears throat> the design of the game, it's based on his own personal experience dealing with this. Um, it's a card-based hand, hand management, resource management game. And you're playing cards at one at a time uh, from your hand. You start with three. And as you develop skills, there's skills in four different areas. The goal of the game is to, to fully develop three, uh, three skills, one in, in three different areas. And that's how you win the game. Um, it's a really interesting uh, story, an interesting you know discussion that comes from this game because the number of rounds that you play, in this case, the normal level is 12. That is the number of uh, days or whatever that your insurance is giving you to get through your rehab. So it's a really it's a critique on the American you know um, healthcare system as well. 
I found this so engaging. The gameplay is pretty straightforward. It's hand management, resource management. You play cards, you either use it for a resource or you uh, play it. Uh, in order to play, you have to use a uh, pay for it with resources. If you discard it, that's fine too. But here's the thing. As you're developing your skills, you're improving them. You're going to turn them over. You know, they're multi-use cards. So you turn it over from one level one to level two. And if you get to level three, you're going to uh, discard the level two out of the game. And there's a level three that you, it comes in. As you play those, you're going to continue trying to develop to level four and then complete level four. That's a ton of resources. But here's the thing. Anytime you discard a card without using it for a resource or playing it, that card is going to atrophy. So those skills atrophy. So it's going to you know flip over to the lower level. As you see in the video here, there's a random trigger that's added to every game. You just randomly choose one skill and that skill is out of the game. It's a trigger. So for instance, if you know maybe your traumatic injury was due to a car accident and the trigger might be, you know, some automotive thing. Uh, these the skills you're trying to learn are, you know, things to, you know, based on different uh, abilities, you know, where, whether you can go shopping again, how do you manage money? Can you, you know, your endurance, how's that? How are your relationships with your family? So these are all different skills you're trying to build and it's so, it really hits hard thematically, you know, because you're gonna have, you know, I, I would imagine, I've not had a brain injury, but I would imagine you have support from family, friends, and doctors, your, you know, healthcare staff. But in the end, you're in it, you're doing this alone. Right. It's up to you. You can your skills, you know, can you rehab your skills to the point where you can function again uh, in your personal and your, you know, in society. Gosh, this was good. Um, the resources, as you can see, there are spoons. You know, that's that whole metaphor of like, do I have the spoons to do this today? My physical and mental energy, uh, the money. There is money involved. The thing, you know, healthcare costs money. Uh, you're going to eventually upgrade your skills to where you have better cognitive ability, and that's represented in the game by the number of cards you drop around. You start with three because it's very low because you're, you know, still healing. But as the game progresses, wow! Now I can, um, my brain is functioning a little better. I can draw four cards five cards six cards this is an awesome game it's a solo game and one of the best games i was such a surprise i've been following hollandspiel for a while and this theme really reached out to me and then i started hearing some of the reviews early reviews were really good i did not expect it to be that great i loved it so that's why it's my number one heading forward and friends um Thank you for watching. I appreciate you. And let me know in the comments below what your favorite games were in December. And until next time, take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Tabletop Tonight podcast. Connect with me on social media at Ruel Gaviola. That's R-U-E-L-G-A-V-I-O-L-A. And support the podcast at patreon.com slash Ruel Gaviola.